polls in November of 2022. They said there was going to be a big red wave. It was going to be monumental. And that crashed and burned. The one place it didn't crash and burn was in the state of Florida. They weren't predicting the, uh, that I would win the way I did. And I won the greatest Republican victory in the history of the state of Florida. It's actually a really good answer. <laughs> I mean, because, the by the way, the opening round of questions that Megyn Kelly asked last night to these four candidates who remain in the uh, GOP race for the presidency, well, sorry, four of five, apparently there's some, I don't know, businessman or something that's also in this race. I'm not, I've never seen him on a debate stage, so allegedly he's running for president. Come on, you know it's true. Anyway, so uh, she asked this question, and the, like I said, the first round of questions were harsh. They were good. I mean, they were appropriate, and his answer is also appropriate. You know, not just, well, poll schmulls. I don't believe in the polls, but poll schmulls. Do you remember what happened in two, in two years ago, right? Which is a very recent, vivid example of how all the polls got everything wrong. Republicans were going to dominate. It's, it, you know, <laughs> he didn't also throw in the fact that the part of the reason there wasn't a red wave, part of the reason. Part of the reason there wasn't a red wave is because Trump had endorsed so many candidates and that backfired on those candidates. Right. That that's underneath the surface, but it didn't bring that up. But OK, fair enough. The basic point that, you know, everybody expected everywhere to be a red wave. It was only a red wave in one place, my state, <laughs> which is because of the policies that I have. It's a really good answer. So asking those questions, um, you know, asking the hard questions of, of Nikki Haley about her, uh, the new support and donor base. Weeks ago, you met with Wall Street heavyweights, including leaders from J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs and BlackRock. Several other billionaire investors are reportedly ready to endorse you or recently have, all of which comes with expectations. Aren't you too tight with the banks and the billionaires to win over the GOP's working class base, which mostly wants to break the system, not elect someone beholden to it? In reference to donors coming on board, look, we will take support from anybody we can take support from. But I have been a conservative fighter all my life. I was a Tea Party candidate when I became governor. We opposed every single corporate bailout we possibly could. We passed tort reform. And so as much as Ron says that, that's not true. But when it comes to these corporate people that want to suddenly support us, we'll take it. But you can, they don't, I don't ask them what their policies are. They ask me what my policies are. And I tell them what it is. Yeah, also a good answer. I mean, that's a good answer. But two things I noticed in that answer, one that is just purely it has nothing to do with her qualifications to be president. The other one is a little bit more of a substantive issue. The first one is, can can you and I, can we all agree that I shouldn't refer to myself as we? <laughs> I shouldn't. She's, you know, we supported this and we supported me. I. This is a singular pronoun. Unless we're having a plurality issue or you're using the imperial we. I mean, it's just, it's a weird thing. DeSantis does the same thing. I don't know why. I guess some strategist somewhere along the line decided that it was viewed as, I don't know, arrogant to say I. You should say we instead when you're talking about your policies and positions and attacks. You know, this is attacks upon us. I, I, are you talking about you and your spouse? Are you talking about you and your family? You, I, it, it bothers me. It's a little thing, but, you know, it, it bothers me every time I hear it. The other one, and this is more of a 
Well, this is an odd answer. Two donors coming on board. Look, we will take support from anybody we can take support from. The problem is that very few politicians actually believe that the way she said it. Most, I would say, almost all politicians will give back money if it turns out that the person is a scoundrel, a villain, morally suspicious, got the money in an illegitimate way. You know, you know, like... Oh, look at this million dollars. Uh, where did it come from? Uh, that came from uh, the estate of, um, you know, <laughs> Larry Flint. Uh, you can go and give that back. Right. You know, that's or, you know, that money came from uh, Saudi Arabia money or I mean, it's, I mean, that's actually illegal. But the point is, if you find out the money comes from an embarrassing or awkward or illegitimate or immoral source, typically you give that money back. So. The kind of and I'm you know, not saying that the money she's getting from these folks is in that category. Although you could make the argument, okay, you know the people who are giving her money are the people who are advocating for all the ESG stuff. And I mean that's that's the concern here is it's totally this establishment and or revolutionary part of the deep state, right? That's that that's the argument that's being made against her. And for her answer to be, look, we will take support from anybody we can take support from. <laughs> There's something about that that is not good. Um, now, this problem, if we want to be honest about it, doesn't plague just her, right? I mean, you know, the people who support Trump, some of whom are fantastic, wonderful, fine, noble, outstanding people, some of whom think that there shouldn't really be that many black people in America, you know, right? I mean, that's true, okay? And would he say, well, we, you know, I, I won't take any kind of support from the no, because what people say is we need the support that we need in order to get elected and she needs money. So she's taking this money. Now, I liked her later answer on this subject where she said, well, you know, they're just jealous that they're not supporting them, which I mean, that's, do you think that Ron DeSantis would turn down BlackRock money? I mean, maybe he would. I'm not, they're not likely to support him because he has sponsored legislation that deprives them of money, right? To bringing all the state's uh, investment resources out of BlackRock, for example. So it, anyway, just it, it kind of sat a little bit weird with me that one, and then the Imperial. We, although I, she's not the only one who does that. So that question of being beholden. That came up quite a bit last night, Vivek Ramaswamy. I want to go back, though, to Nikki Haley's comment from earlier that she is somehow not responding to the will of these donors. Nikki, you were bankrupt when you left the U.N. After you left the U.N., you became a military contractor. You actually started joining service on the board of Boeing, whose back you scratched for a very long time, and then gave foreign multinational speeches like Hillary Clinton is, and now you're a multimillionaire. That math does not add up. It adds up to the fact that you are corrupt. See, corrupt is a really particular word, and I don't know how much of the debate you watched, but if you only listened to it and didn't watch it, you would have missed the moment later on where he actually held up a kindergarten scrawled sign written on his paper that said, Nikki equals corrupt. Like, it was just, and got booed, by the way. I've never seen somebody get so roundly booed so many times by the Republican people who were in the audience watching him. I mean, it was amazing. Uh, I think, do I have that one handy? I think I might have that one. Um, yeah, here, this. This is, this is it. After the third debate, when I criticized Ronna McDaniel after five failed years of leadership of this party and criticized Nikki for her corrupt foreign dealings as a military contractor, 
She said that I have a woman problem. Nikki, I don't have a woman problem. You have a corruption problem. And I think that that's what people need to know. Nikki is corrupt. This He's is a woman who will paper. send her kids to die so she can buy a bigger house. This is the problem. Using identity politics more effectively than Kamala Harris is a form of intellectual fraud. That is persistent booing. Identity politics worse than Kamala Harris. He called her a worse fascist than Biden last night. I mean, it's just unbelievable some of the stuff that this person says. Uh, Anyway, so back to her response. And by the way, again, corruption. If you're in office and you make friends, as happens, and then you leave office and you go to work for boards or represent as a lobbyist, some of that does look weird. Some of that can be corrupt. On the other hand, it also can just be using the opportunities that are in front of you. And first of all, it's incredibly common. Now, should it be banned? Should it be prohibited? Like in Florida, we just up to the number of years you have to wait before you're out of office before you can lobby. I actually agree with that. But corruption is a very particular kind of allegation that you traded favors in advance, that you did something immoral, illegitimate, Generally, corruption would be illegal. And saying that she made money out of office by making speeches or by, you know, getting paid positions or however she got it, there's no evidence that that's fundamentally about corruption. United States presidents notoriously become wildly rich after they're in office. (laughs) Why? Because people pay them to speak and pay them for their books and their memoirs and all that kind of stuff. It, It doesn't mean it's corruption. I know it's not the same, but the basic point is a corruption is a certain kind of claim. It requires a certain kind of evidence, which he did not produce at all last night. You know, give me the specific example of where you think she's uh, done something that she shouldn't have done out of the you know motive of making money or whatever. So her first response to this about Boeing. I've never supported corporate bailout, so I respectfully stepped back and got off the board. I love Boeing. They build good commercial airplanes. They build airplanes for our Air Force. I am proud of them. They employ a lot of people in South Carolina. But that's why I left the Boeing board. There's nothing to what he's saying. And in terms of these donors that I'm are supporting me, they're just yeah. jealous. They wish that they were supporting them. But I'm not going to sit there and do that. <laughs> That's a pretty good quip, right? And then as far as the later one, when he raises the piece of paper and draws out like a four-year-old that, uh, let me give credit due, for four-year-old probably couldn't, a, a 10-year-old, okay, uh, that Nikki equals corrupt. Here was her response. Having two X chromosomes does not immunize okay, you from thank criticism. thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Governor Haley, would you like to respond? No. It's not worth my time to respond to him. You have been using identity politics at every step. Appropriate. I mean, it really is. So takeaways from the debate. Um, Chris Christie came out looking a lot better than he's ever looked before, although I really think that the whole uh, letting parents give transgender surgeries or uh, hormone therapies to their kids is going to sink him, which has always been Christie's. Christie is not a conservative. He's a Republican, but he's not a conservative. Uh, he just I, he just isn't certainly not a social conservative. I'm not sure that you could even claim that he's an economic or fiscal conservative, but he is a Republican. You know, he's on our side of the aisle, but, you know, he's close to the middle. Uh, Nikki Haley is a lot closer to the middle than any of the other candidates, too. But uh, so I think that the um, the transgender thing is probably going to sink him, make him un- unelectable. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is a jerk. I mean, there's no other way to say it. And the audience does not like him. They liked him in the beginning. They gradually have come to kind of think that he's uh, pompous and, uh, I don't know, lose can- Based on the reaction in my own read as well, is it 
people just don't like him. I will tell you, um, Ron DeSantis, he looks angry all the time. He just does. He looks, he doesn't look appealing on TV. He looks like he's always angry. And especially when he does some of his like head nods and that kind of stuff, it's a, it's a challenge for him. Nikki Haley, uh, you know, she does have the problem of being more moderate. She does have the problem that she's not, you know, the sort of clear conservative on uh, many issues. She's much more moderate, at least in terms of her policies. Um, But I'll tell you the one thing about Nikki Haley is you put every other consideration aside, she would destroy Joe Biden in the election. And if your goal is to win the election, like with no other consideration in mind, your goal is to win the election— you nominate Hillary. Uh, you nominate. Uh, you nominate Nikki Haley. If you want to take a chance on getting another Trump, you nominate Trump. If you want to take a chance on a conservative, you understand. But if you want no chances at all in the general election, you put up Nikki Haley. Five twenty four on News Radio ninety two three, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. Brace yourself for the ultimate holiday deal with Consumer Cellular. Snag an incredible 50% off the Iris Flip when you buy before December 17th, making it only $34.50. The Iris Flip is all the phone and camera you need with a user-friendly design, the perfect flip phone companion. Plus, you'll get nationwide coverage and always free activation. Score 50% off when you use promo code RADIO50. Head over to ConsumerCellular.com and use promo code RADIO50 during checkout to score this deal. Marcus Point Baptist Church invites you to a Christmas celebration for the whole family. The spirit of Christmas has been a Pensacola tradition over the past 30 years. This year, our special guest will be Joe Kennedy, the praying coach. While we're celebrating, your kids will have a blast with our kids' ministry, plus a free meal for the whole family. It's all happening December 10th at 10 a.m. at any of our three campuses in Pensacola, Beulah, and North Pace. For more information, visit PensacolaChurch.org. Get ready for holiday feast season with Pepto-Bismol. Uncle Derek's here with his famous fried turkey. Hey, Aunt Mary brought the mac and cheese. Donna's here with the potato salad. Pepto-Bismol provides fast five-symptom relief for unexpected stomach upsets. So enjoy the holidays. Pepto has you covered, no matter who made the potato salad. When you have nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Pepto-Bismol. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Hi, this is David Wayne, and I just want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. From all of us to all of you, Merry Christmas. Good morning, 526 News Radio 92.3, informative local uh, cold. Good lord, cold. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually wearing, I almost, almost wore a coat to work today. I'm like, no, no, not doing it. It's got to get below freezing for me to wear a coat. It's close. It's high 30s, but, you know, ugh. David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines this morning. Uh, David? 
The shooter that killed three people at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas on Wednesday apparently was a college professor. Law enforcement sources there say the suspect was a 67-year-old career professor who had uh, unsuccessfully applied for a job at the school. Senate Republic- wait, wait. He's a how long was he a professor? It's, uh, well, he was 67 years old. It doesn't say how long he was a professor. Okay, but still, he's a professor right. at the school. He'd been a, a, long, a long-term long professor. Term. Okay, right, yeah. so, I mean, I don't know what job he's applying, department chair or something maybe, but that's, okay, Fair. go ahead, all right. The uh, State Department says it wants to see fewer civilians killed in Israel's war against Hamas. Uh, department spokesper- spokesperson uh, Matthew Miller told a briefing Wednesday that too many Palestinian civilians have been killed on the Gaza Strip. They say they're having frank discussions with Israel about the issue. And over uh, $800 million now up for grabs in a couple of big lotteries across the U.S. The uh, Powerball getting back up there. Uh, Nobody won last night's drawing. That jackpot rolling over to Saturday. $468 million, as you know, my retirement plan. (laughs) That's it's a very good plan. It'll definitely come through. It'll for pan you. out one of you, these days. You keep investing in that uh, that four that four hundred one lottery plan. That'll be fantastic. Uh, David, thanks so much for the update. Five twenty eight News Radio ninety two three. If you are thinking about that next vehicle, trying to decide where to go, I recommend Frontier Motors. You know Dave Ramsey, who does not endorse the lottery investment strategy, uh, also <laughs> recommends Frontier Motors. And you know, I bought a car from them several years ago purely because they had one. They were the only place that had the Honda Odyssey of the model year that we wanted to tre- – we were just test driving. We knew we wanted to replace our uh, Dodge Grand Caravan. We had bought it when we had our first son, Spencer, and then 15 years later, it was time to replace it. Not quite yet. It hadn't quite died, but it was on its way. And so what we were doing is what I always recommend, which is go find the car you want to buy, and then you're, you don't have to make the decision about which car and then find the right deal when time comes. You can just kind of be looking along the way, which is what we're going to do. We weren't going to buy a car. Drove it, loved it, exactly the car we want, even the color we want, but we weren't going to buy it. You know, uh, Calvin, our sales guy, is like, you want to look at a price? I'm like, oh, fine. I'll look at a price. We're not buying a car today, but we're looking at a price. Oh, it's a good price. Can you come down a little bit? Because, you know, once you look at the price, oh, hmm, yes. All right, can you give us a day? Sure. Call them back. Hey, can you come down a little bit more? Yeah. Can we buy it? <laughs> I mean, it was that. E- that's how easy it was to buy the car because it was such a smoking deal on a car that we knew we didn't need just yet. But we weren't going to get a better deal than that in six months when we would. And the chances are we wouldn't be able to find as good a deal. So we bought a car that was one year old, about 12,000 miles on it for a smoking price because they had it. They had it. So when I talk about selection at Frontier Motors, that's what I'm talking about. They have a hundred, uh, sorry, 300 different cars and trucks and vans and sedans on the lot. You will be able to find what you want. And if you can't, they can find it for you. Frontier Motors serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years behind the big buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. Uh, today, Board of County Commission meeting. We don't have very many of them. Huge agenda. All kinds of stuff on the agenda, including the Domes facility. Will they or won't they find a majority to support the Santa Rosa County-based, Avalon-based District 1 Medical Examiner's Office facility? Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. Moving up in the polls, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley is a target of Florida Republican, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy at the fourth Republican presidential debate. In the News Nation debate, they said... Nikki will cave to those big donors. You are corrupt. As for Haley... I love all the attention, fellas. Thank you for that. <laughs> and then former Governor Chris Christie came to Haley's defense. This is a smart, accomplished woman. You should stop insulting her. Jill NATO, Fox News. Former President Trump skipped the debate as usual. Police in Las Vegas and Henderson 
Henderson, Nevada, investigating yesterday's mass shooting on campus at UNLV and searching the suspect's apartment. He was reportedly a 67-year-old professor who tried to get a job there and was not hired. Three of the victims are confirmed deceased. Sheriff Kevin McMail says a fourth person shot is hospitalized in stable condition. The suspect died in a shootout with police. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 531 at News Radio 92.3. It is 37 degrees, a little bit of a chilly morning here in Pensacola. Efforts by Milton City leaders to cancel Days of Our Milton don't appear to be off to a great start. The latest drama involving the current opening for the Ward 4 City Council seat. This Monday, the council heard from two women who volunteered to serve. Kathy Ellis, a 23-year employee of the Santa Rosa Property Appraiser's Office, and Sherry Sebastio, who worked, who was uh, previously appointed to the council in 2021 and 2022. When you were appointed to council, did you think it was okay to argue and criticize the public like you did a few times? Do you think that was was right the right thing to do as a council person? You just out of fairness, Councilman Cusack, could you identify something more specific so she can remember what you're referring to? Well, I can't. Uh, <laughs> I can't read. I, I don't. Can't, I don't remember me. either. So. Let's, let's have order. I mean, it's it's really you know not what fair I'm saying is to, I to I remember. I don't have a specific instance, but I'll I'll him. have it by Tuesday. Councilman Mike Cusack he uh, also made sure to mention that Sebastio had previously lost two elections to serve on the council during public comment. Santa Rosa County Commissioner James Calkins spoke first. I thought it was absolutely disgusting and despicable that. Mr. Cusack was attacking one of the candidates. I'm going to stop were, you right that there, were, sir. That were sitting I, there. I have to stop you right there. I think that's wrong. That's a city official. And uh, can you please? She's a member of the public. She shouldn't yeah. be attacked. That's all I'm going to say. And the council will be voting on the appointment this coming Tuesday. Disney accusing its local oversight board of touting revisionist history. Disney was responding yesterday to a report issued by the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District. The report accused Disney of bribing residents in the Reedy Creek Improvement District with park passes to pass Disney-friendly legislation. The company claims the report isn't objective or credible and says they're only seeking to advance the tourism board's litigation with the company. Florida Senator Rick Scott is among a block of Republicans standing in the way of sending more funding to Ukraine unless there's a significant reduction in illegal immigrants crossing the U.S. southern border. We are not going to spend a dime right, on Ukraine's border unless we fix our border. It's not going to happen. Scott and other Republican senators say that Ukraine's funding should be tied to southern border security. Florida marking a somber anniversary today. On this date in 1941, Pearl Harbor was bombed by Japan. Governor Ron DeSantis has ordered all flags to fly at half-staff today in honor of Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. That order applies to U.S. and state flags at local and state buildings, institutions, and grounds. 534, let's get a look at our Channel 3 weather. It is a very cold start this morning, but temperatures do warm up in the afternoon. High today near 61 degrees, partly cloudy skies. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 53. As you go into Friday, warm-up continues. 68 degrees for your high with a 10% chance of rain. Low Friday night near 63 degrees. For Saturday, we are expecting some showers and thunderstorms late in the day into the overnight hours. High on Saturday near 73 degrees. Low Saturday night near 60. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First 
First Warning Weather Center. Right now, 37 in Pensacola, 43 in Gulf Breeze, and 33 in Milton. Our next news at 6. Breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne. News Radio 92.3. Hi, I'm Steve Taylor, and as I light my Hanukkah menorah, I'd like to wish everybody a happy Hanukkah. Also, a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. From all of us at News Radio 92.3. From all of us to all of you, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas. News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. You love your car or truck, right? We love it too. This is Mike Ryan and Mike Ryan's Truck and Auto Accessories. For a cooler summer and protections from harmful UV rays, we'll tint the windows. For safety and security, we have alarms, backup cameras, and dash cams. And for the most beautiful vehicle on the block, our full detailing service will make it look brand new. We have so many custom accessories, it's impossible to list them all here. So come see us at Mike Ryan's Truck and Auto Accessories on Industrial Boulevard at W Street, just north of Marcus Point Baptist Church. Join Stephen Schmidt, Marine Service Technology Instructor at Georgetown Technical College on the Pensacola Expert Panel tomorrow at 10 a.m. Key Marine Center is sponsoring the show. When Key Marine needs to hire Marine Service technicians, they hire students from Georgetown Technical College. It's a dream team, so join them tomorrow at 10 a.m. on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 a.m. 1620. Hi, I'm Steve Taylor, and I usually hang out in the newsroom at News Radio 92.3. I'd like to wish everybody a happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, and a happy New Year. Five thirty-seven News Radio ninety-two-three. The minute in the hour is the temperature. It's five thirty-seven. <laughs> it just is cold. Yesterday, I had a chance to talk to uh, Pensacola Mayor D.C. Rees. A good conversation, Mr. Mayor. Welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Morning, Andrew. How are you? I'm doing great. I, I remember you kind of jokingly said at the last city council meeting something to the effect of, "Well, you know, this is a quick light one, but next month, man, <laughs> get ready." So. Next week's city council meeting, if I read it right, you're going to have the red light camera pre-ordinance, you know, kind of the the ordinance that would make it possible to eventually have red light cameras. Uh, you're going to have the ordinance controlling traffic safety, what some people would view as a panhandling ordinance, but what you're, you know, presenting as an ordinance to improve public safety and prevent people from getting hurt uh, on the side of the road when they're, you know, interfering with car traffic, that kind of thing. Um, you've got the building height uh, changes and then you're going to have the pay scale pre, pre-work pre to try to set up the possibility of giving um, this 6.8, not across the board, but in the aggregate pay raise to the city of Pensacola. So light meeting next Thursday? I do what I say I'm going to do, Andrew. You know, <laughs> I, I promise a busy meeting, and that's what we're going to get. Um, but, hey, you know, I, I think all everything you just uh, said are all uh, great, really you know, potentially transformative uh, right. uh, projects for our city. Uh, that I think make us safer, that certainly empower and, and, and compensate our employees fairly, that is, I really believe is long overdue, especially the folks making the least amount of money um, at our city and, and, and focusing on on quality, not quantity. We cut 30 vacant positions in order to do that, uh, to come make the government a little smaller, but with the hopes of making it more quality uh, in terms of uh, 
you know, paying. And so, yeah, lot, lots of great events, I think, for our city. So, uh, yes, I will not promise that this meeting will be 30 minutes, if that's what you're asking. So um, I, I want to talk about all of these as much as we can today, but this um, the pay scale one, okay, I don't know how to put this into practice, but as a business owner, former business owner, I know you're going to know what I'm getting at here. It seems to me like one of the biggest defects of government service pay is that it is not tied to performance. It's tied typically to tenure or maybe to job responsibilities. And I have always thought if there were some way to put people on basically a performance commission or a some kind of a pay schedule where, you know, the base pay is like 20 grand. But then if you really hit your objectives, not based on how many hours you're in the office, but if you hit these objectives, you know, you make 60. And if you don't hit those objectives, well, you make 30. That then you get what you pay for as a entity, but you will also tend to incentivize the best employees to say to stay and to disincentivize the worst employees and make them want to leave, and you'll really get a, an efficient... Is there any way to do that? Am I just naive for thinking that's possible? Um, there is a way to do it, which is, is bringing greater accountability to, the, to every department. And, and that what, because ultimately, that, that is very logical, what you just described, but it also uh, sidesteps what's really important, which is uh, accountability you know, across departments, across the mayor's office, across city administration, is that um, you know, I really look at our strategy this way, which is the same outcome. It is really saying, look, we, we are in a battle with the private market, with other municipalities for talent, right? So what we pay for job X and someone else pays more, uh, then that makes it difficult to retain people that are quality right. people. It's it, it difficult to get quality candidates. So, and then on top of that, when we look at the performance, let's just say the entire department and we say, okay, well, um, how did you do this year? If every argument is undercut by saying, well, compensation's too low, we can't, we can't find quality people, right. well, then it, it makes it hard to hold accountability and outcomes. And so I think there's so many wins here. Number one, we have people who, who greatly deserve to make more money than they have, and we've done that by a study. We have, this is not D.C.'s opinion. This is an expert opinion that's come in and studied other municipalities. Our job descriptions is a months-long process. So, um, so we've had an expert come in and say, These, this is what you should be paying. That's what's coming in to council. As you mentioned, those salary ranges that are going to be adjusted. But from there, we've got to, we've got to take away saying, well, one of our biggest issues is that we aren't paying correctly. So we're going to, that's going to be gone. And we're going to say, all right, now we should be getting quality candidates. We should be able to retain these great people that we have uh, and have them not leave to go somewhere else. So really, this is a step about accountability across the organization. And, uh, and, and again, undercutting this thought that, well, what if, you know, or, and so, uh, you know, our wage index is low in the city of Pensacola, by the way, across our community. And, you know, I would rather set the example instead of telling other private uh, businesses that they should pay more. Uh, why don't we set the example of saying we do need to raise the wage index here? And, um, and that's what we're going to do. And again, 75 percent of this this uh, list is going to people that make less than $60,000 a year. So, um, you know, I think this is a great step for us and it allows us. Uh, allows the citizen to hold us more accountable uh, and, and certainly allows the organization uh, to be more accountable in 2024. I, I know you already kind of agree with me in principle. I know this is kind of what you're trying to accomplish, but I'll just kind of uh, at the risk of being um, condescending, I'm going to say it again, just a little bit different way. It, we all know people who do like, you know, John does three times as much work as Sam. Well, John ought yep. to get paid three yep. times as much as Sam. The salary range right. should not limit John. If he's a, and you know, honestly, if he gets it done in twenty-five hours a week and he doesn't want to do anymore, but he's done three times as much work as Sam, 
let them work 25 hours a week and do the do three jobs. You know, like I want to those are the people I want to attract. And if I'm working in Okaloosa County and I find out that in Pensacola, I can double my salary in less time because they're going to pay me based on what I do instead of, well, you know, I do make more than the average here, but I'm not really getting paid what I'm worth. Those are the people that I want. And I, I know you agree with that. I just, you know, yeah. that's that's the that's the goal in my mind. And it's the same goal. What it, that mechanism over 800 employees in 18 departments would be difficult. Sure. How do you measure? I get which that. Measurements there. So it, but but the outcome in my mind, the outcome should be the same, which is you empower, you promote the people that are accountable, that are your higher, highest performers, and, and then this paying correctly allows you. Let's say you have a low performer. Well, if if the job doesn't pay well, it's kind of hard for the department the department director may keep someone who's eroding the culture of the department, all that, just because they're worried they won't fill the position because it doesn't pay enough. Yeah. See, so those are the those are the the unintended consequences uh, on the wage scale as well. And so, um, so again, I think this is more accountability for for department directors, for the mayor, uh, for for our you know entire organization, and it helps us be more competitive. I mean, at the end of the day, we want talented people keeping you safe. You know, uh, keep, keep maintaining the things that we have, building our new projects. We want talented people to do it. And yeah. so we, we we can either put our head in the sand or we can decide that we want to be competitive. And that's what we're going to do. Mayor, I say this more for the listeners who might be asking the question. You're telling me, Andrew, you'd be willing to pay two or three times as much for a government worker as somebody else? I'm just like, yeah, because the end consumer, the citizen, is going to be so much happier in a culture where you pay and right. get results because they're going to be doing the jobs that people are going to appreciate them doing. Let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about this um, uh, street safety ordinance, what some people might say is a panhandling ordinance uh, based on their interpretation. It's different from the county, though, a little bit, right? Because the county is really focused on preventing people from standing in the median. Your ordinance is more focused on people not interfering with traffic by, for example, soliciting or holding out their hand or something along those lines. Is that right? That's right. We believe that public safety starts with with uh, it, human interaction with the vehicle. That's, so that's what ours is really focused on is whether you're in the inter- intersection, on the street corner, uh, in the median, uh, same general concept, except ours is really tailored to um, interacting with vehicles. And yeah. the bottom line is it doesn't matter age or race or your income. It doesn't matter. It, you know, my daughter will not be selling lemonade in the intersection. That's not allowed per this ordinance. Um, and, and it's the interaction with the vehicles, reaching your hand out, because remember, you're, you're from a public safety standpoint, it's not just the pedestrian or the someone who's uh, interacting with the vehicle. It's the it's the driver. It's the people in the driver's car, yep. and it's the driver and the people in the car behind them. I mean, that, that's so you start to have a negative impact across uh, many fronts uh, here. That that uh, you know, I, I didn't choose for that person in front of me to stop at a green light and interact with someone on the corner. And why should my safety decrease in that sense? And so. Um, this is really to protect drivers, vehicles, and pedestrians. Um, that that that's not how we should be interacting with cars. The, the streets were built for cars to move, and and that's what we have to be able to maintain. And so, you know, that's um, so yeah, that's why we're no. That's forward. a really I, I like that uh, that way of approaching it, especially because it seems like that would immediately built in uh, protect First Amendment concerns because somebody wants to stand on the roadside and have a sign or yell or whatever completely protected because they're not interacting with the car. On the other hand, no matter where they're standing, if they're interacting and impeding, then suddenly that be, I, you know, it seems to me like the county, they're taking, they can take this up tomorrow, uh, their version. It seems to me like the county ought to 
like switch gears and adopt your proposed ordinance might be more effective than theirs. But I'll talk with them about that tomorrow. Uh, very, very interesting. So that's all going to be next week. Um, wanna always, we always like to end with a lightning round, some quick questions for the mayor because they're always entertaining your answers. Um, you know, some There are certain expressions that are uh, irritating or like for me, things like, you know, it is what it is or give 110%, you know, because I know math. Uh, expressions like that bother me. Do you have a pet peeve expression that people use? Um, I, not one offhand, uh, just overly cliche, but, you know, i got to be careful what I say because I probably say some, and my department <laughs> directors are listening and being like, hey, I've got a list of the mayors right now, you know. <laughs> All right. If, um, if I tell you you can have any food at all, any food type, all you can eat, D.C. Reeves, dream all you can eat is what food? Uh, oh, man. Um, Probably steak. I know, you know, that's a that's a very uh, 39-year-old male thing to say, I guess. But, you know, just a big heaping pile of steak, I is, guess. Is your all-you-can-eat steak all different kinds of varieties, or do you have, like, a steak that you want the most? Yeah, I mean, look, if I'm if I'm stuck in one category, let's mix it up, you know. Okay, so a variety. Well, all right. I, I, I don't like options. that. Uh, last thing, and we talked about this yesterday a little bit, is um, in your garage, assuming that you park your car in the garage, do you lock the car inside the garage? Do you lock the door to the house inside the garage, presuming that the garage door is down? Um, you know, I think I've told you before, I've, I've got a lot of D.C. Reeves from Air regalia in my garage at the moment. That uh, you're hoping somebody steals no one. Campaign. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> I can probably leave that unlocked. Uh, yeah. But um, no, no, I, uh, no, we do not park in the garage. It is our uh, large, large uh, closet at this point. It is. It is. Juncture. So, um, so it's locked uh, out on the street or in the driveway. Okay. And do you lock the the car the the, the door to the house that's inside the closed garage? Uh, ooh, uh, uh, I'm gonna say on public radio, yes, uh, every <laughs> single night, 24 hours a day. Yes, 100% because PPD is listening. All right, fair enough. And maybe other people as well. Exactly. Uh, Mayor DC Reeves, always a pleasure, sir. We we'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you for the time. All right, Andrew. Thanks. Absolutely. 549 on News. And, and again, just to be clear, the mayor always locks every door, everyone in his house, uh, <laughs> as we all do. Absolutely, of course. 549 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. If you're thinking about buying or selling said house, uh, regardless of your proclivities towards locking or not locking, uh, Christina Leavenworth and her team at Levin Rinky Realty, they can help you with that. And, you know, when I think about hiring somebody who's, you know, a pre- professional services, uh, like, I don't know, think about a lawyer. You know, do you do you want a lawyer that did like, you know, one or two cases last year? Or do you want a lawyer who, you know, successfully handled a few dozen? Who's got experience, right? That's that's what you ultimately want is experience and know-how and understanding, especially when you're talking about real estate, the market and what's happening with it. And, you know, same thing in real estate. You know, um, some agents, I mean, they do fine. It's not a criticism of them, but, you know, they're selling five or six houses, uh, you know, maybe a year. Some sell one a month, you know, that's great. I mean, that's great. That's enough to live on. Uh, Christina Leavenworth and her team sold a 233 last year. So, you know, you can do what you want. Do what you want. And seriously, you know, maybe you want to work with the, the person who doesn't do much, but you know them real well. It's fine. Here's what I do recommend. Just include Christina Leavenworth on your list of people to talk to. Because what you might find is, you know, you, ne- you never met her, you don't know her, you don't go to church with her, that's fine. Um, but, man, she's fantastic. And she understands the situation. She'll talk to you and make friends. You'll feel like you're really, like, kind of best friends after you know her for five minutes. She's just kind of like that sort of a person. But she is great at every little aspect of buying and selling homes. 723-9158 for Christina Leavenworth and her team at Levin Rinky Realty. Hi, this is Terrence A. Gross. I've now practiced law for over 44 years. 
I'm proud to say that my three sons are my law partners. We have five offices throughout the Panhandle, Pensacola, Milton, Crestview, Fort Walton, and Navarre. If you have been injured due to the negligence of another, call us at 850-434-3333 or visit us on the web at grossandschuster.com. Looking for unique and one-of-a-kind gift ideas this holiday season? Look no further. Furman Proper, an amazing gift shop nestled in Gulf Breeze Proper, has a wide selection of gifts, custom engraving, and local products. They also have one of the largest selections of coastal Christmas ornaments and decor that you need to see. Furman Proper has gifts for everyone on your list, including yourself. Furman Proper is located in your neighborhood Walmart shopping center in Gulf Breeze Proper and online at priminproper.com. Tomorrow morning at 10.30, join Santa Rosa Animal Services on the Pensacola Expert Panel. They believe every life is precious and that every wag of a tail, every purr, and every gentle nuzzle is a gift worth cherishing. Their dedicated team of volunteers works tirelessly to provide shelter, care, and love to animals in need. Learn how you can give back, adopting or fostering a furry friend. Discover the resources you need to make your community a better place for pets. That's tomorrow morning at 10.30 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. This is Renee with Jim's Firearms wishing you a safe holiday. Please don't text and drive. May your Christmas be filled with joy, love, and laughter. This is Darren Costello at Costello's Butcher Shop and Deli Fine Wine and Cheeses. Wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. May your Christmas be filled with joy, love, and laughter. This is Jessica with Pensacola's Kia Autosport wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hello, everyone. This is Austin Price wanting to wish you both a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from News Radio 92.3. Merry Christmas. News Radio 92.3. Loves you, baby. You're beautiful. I had a dream We were sipping whiskey neat Highest floor of the Bowery And I was high enough Somewhere along the line Good morning, 553 News Radio 92.3 Informative, local, dependable I'm Andrew McKay It's the Pensacola Morning News David Wayne is in the newsroom this morning with our headlines David? Well, former Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy says he plans to resign from Congress at the end of the year In October, McCarthy became the first Speaker of the House to be ousted in the middle of their congressional term. Uh, He now says he wants to find new ways to serve Americans. The uh, sister of Cuban dictators Fidel and Raul Castro has died in Miami. Juanita Castro was a uh, longtime opponent of the communist regime, led by her two brothers. She left Cuba in 1964, never returned. She died Monday at the age of 90. And Republicans have blocked a Democrat assault weapons ban. That motion put forward Wednesday by Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer would have reauthorized the assault weapons ban. Uh, Republican Senator John Barrasso blocked the motion, argued that bill would label responsible gun owners as criminals. All right, David, thanks so much for the update. Uh, Yesterday, uh, just after I had gotten off the air, we had a breaking news alert that NES Pensacola had gone on lockdown. Corey Station was also uh, had the gates closed and. You know, there were a lot of rumors swirling, but uh, we pretty quickly found out from the sheriff's office that there had been a call in of a bomb threat. 
And we subsequently learned from uh, NAS Pensacola themselves that there had been a bomb threat called in. They have one person in custody. And according to Terry Shashadi that uh, told NorthEscambia.com, even though it was on the date of the four years ago a terrorist attack at NAS Pensacola by the Saudi air student, that um, it did not have anything to do with that date. It's just an unfortunate coincidence. So... Um, but, man, I t- you know, I was thinking about this yesterday when all this was happening, and then I was talking to a buddy who's in the service still, and, you know, we are talking about, you know, how much more significant this was for people at NAS Pensacola and bringing all those memories back from four years ago. And he had made the comment. He said, well, you know, actually, Andrew, there's not a lot of people who are still here who were here then in the service. Now, the community, we were all here. You know, most of us were all here. But um, because so many people trade out all the time, whether at the command level or just obviously the students are coming through there all the time, um, it's really not that many people for whom this was a reminder of what happened four years ago to them, you know, to the base when they were there. I thought that was a really interesting point because, you know, I tend to think about the institutional memory of that event in the community being so vivid, but on the base, the vast majority of people who are at NES Pensacola yesterday were somewhere else or maybe not even in the service at all four years ago. It just kind of gave me an interesting perspective on how for a lot of these it was something that happened to other people elsewhere. Or maybe, you know, if somebody's 20 years old and he's learning how to turn wrenches on planes at NES Pensacola yesterday uh, as part of his training, I mean, he was, you know, a sophomore in high school. He may never didn't ever even hear this story. You know, just kind of, I don't know, it, it gave me a different perspective on the events of yesterday. Of course, it was terrible and having the base locked down. And, you know, the for a lot of folks, still the memory was pretty vivid, uh, but just kind of changed my view of it just a little bit. Uh, the other thing, of course, since yesterday was the history, uh, the anniversary of the terrorist attack on Anne Pensacola, today is another historical moment. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy, the United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. I, I don't know for you, you know, obviously this is, what, 30 years before I was born? Um, but it's still, I mean, it feels like it happened to me. Because of how I was raised, because of what I have studied, because of my affinity for the military and the Navy, it, you know, I most certainly was not alive even yet, but it feels like, you know, the way I would, the way I remember, you know, shuttle explosion or the way I remember 9-11 to me. And honestly, I hope that's how it feels to other people. I hope it feels like a thing that happened vividly to you in your lifetime, even though it, for most, the vast majority of us, it was long before we were born. But, uh, man, it just, and I, I don't know why necessarily some events in history, um, you know, but this is the one for me that has always captured my pain history memory sensors, whatever you want to call them. And uh, it just makes me, uh, it makes me feel a certain way. And much like other historical tragedies or atrocities, tragedy is when a bad thing happens, atrocity is when a bad thing gets done. You know, um, so it's an atrocity what happened at Pearl Harbor, just like it's an atrocity what happened at 9 11. Uh, an earthquake or a tornado or a hurricane is a tragedy. Okay, that, that's the difference. Um, this is something that we always remember, even though today we're close allies with Japan, with Germany, 
you know, I guess we get along with Italy. <laughs> I mean, they're you know they're, they're not you know they're they're close allies as well. But uh, things change over history. But we still remember the danger and the risk. And it's actually something Nikki Haley brought up last night. Made the comment. She says, with all of the warning lights on the uh, radar of terrorist attacks on the porous southern border, she said it makes me feel a little bit. And I hope it's not true that we're, we're sitting here like September 10th. You know, and uh, something could happen at any moment, and we're just not being very vigilant right now. So, yeah, obviously a major milestone in American history, uh, naval history. Certainly we care extra about that because of our relationship to the Navy here at uh, Pensacola with NES Pensacola. Oh, and all the Ospreys are now grounded. All the Ospreys across the American military, United States Air Force, Navy, and Marines, all grounded because of the mishap. You're listening to News Radio 92.3, WNRP, Gulf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.